Welcome to a special Encore presentation of Compassion Radio 360. Hello, honey. It's Friday, which means our Compassion Radio 360 program, a look at the world around us, try to find something that is inspiring or makes you think, and then turn it back around to see what God has to say about it in the Word. That's this series. Welcome aboard again. Well, thanks. It's great to be back. What is the subject we're going to talk about today? Well, you found an article about a woman who had a near-death experience because of COVID. Mm. We've talked a lot about COVID on the program and people that we know that have gone through COVID. And now that you've finally recovered from your COVID episode, (laughs) it's been a big topic. I mean, the last two years, it has been the primary topic of a lot of people that we know. But this woman was in the hospital for quite a long time. Weeks. Weeks and weeks. And she was pregnant. The doctors said, you have maybe a 5% chance of survival here. And so that was devastating to her. We want to talk about her near-death experience because what she said about it was so profound that I think it's important for us to hear. The link to that article will also be in the podcast notes for this program. So don't be afraid to go to CompassionRadio.com and check the podcast for today's broadcast and grab that link to read it for yourself. What she was feeling at the time when the doctor said, this is your chance. This is your window of survival. You have to rest. You have to sleep. And she was terrified to sleep. She said, if I go to sleep, I'm never waking up and I can't bear that because I have this baby and I want my baby to survive. And the doctors are saying, that's probably not going to happen. But it's definitely not going to happen if you don't rest. Right. So she was trying to calm herself. She says she was playing Celtic music Hmm. on her phone. She watched Peppa Pig, the animated children's (laughs) show, to bring some life in there. And she said it also helped to tune out the beeping sounds of all of the machines she was hooked up to at the time. The doctor just kept saying, if you don't sleep, you can't heal yourself. Your body won't get to the point of rest so that it can heal. And for those of us who have gone through COVID, and you and I have been through a couple rounds now because we traveled so much the past two years. This last round for me, I could tell that it was going to go for my lungs. I got the medication in time to shut it down, which was great. It took me a while to get past that. But there is a sense when you have a hard time breathing. I think people who have COPD or asthma can describe this. There is a natural panic in your body when your body senses it's not going to get enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. That feeling, I have to stay awake because if I close my eyes, my body won't get what it needs, is like overwhelming. I've heard from a lot of friends who have. In fact, you and I have prayed through our friend Brian in Phoenix who went through weeks and weeks like this lady did and barely came out with his life. He talked about that. You just don't go to sleep. Your mind tells you, if I do, I will die. And how do you counter that? I mean, how do you face that possibility, but still try to obey your doctors to say, no matter what your body's telling you, you still have to do this. To believe that what the doctor is saying is true and to obey that at what seems like ultimate risk. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for people who don't rest anyway. Even Mm. healthy people, healthy-ish people, I should say. That have insomnia. Yeah. Well, a lot of women go through this where your brain just does not shut off. Mm. At nighttime, when I lay down to go to sleep, there are some nights that every piece of the day goes through my mind or everything that I need to do the next day goes through my mind. And all of those things keep playing out. We think, oh, if I actually turn all that off, I'm not going to remember it, for one thing, or it's going to go away. I can imagine, and I've not been in this position as you have, I can imagine the fear that would come if I thought I won't wake up. It wasn't because of what she was facing if she didn't wake up. 
It was because of what she was leaving behind. Yeah, what she was carrying at that moment. Right. We've all heard the stories of people who've had near-death experiences, and the article goes into saying anyone who has read about near-death experiences can imagine what they think would happen to her next, you know, floating through the tunnel of light in the distance and hearing the music, greeting loved ones who've gone before you. These are stories that we've heard of, you know, over and over in our culture, the 90 Minutes in Heaven story, Mm -hmm. all of these stories that we've heard about these experiences experiences that people have had. And each survivor has their experiences that they share. And you have your own experience that you have shared. We've shared it on the air before about when you had your stroke and the time that you were in that space between earth and heaven or life Mm -hmm. and death. That experience is specific to you. And I think it's like that for every person who goes through these kind of things. I think that's what's interesting about the scriptures that speak to that experience of transitioning and what death would be like or life unto life. I mean, the Psalms are so good about that. And David, of course, Mm -hmm. puts a vivid visual image of, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He makes a, a statement of faith there. He's been to death's door a number of times, apparently, and he writes like he's been there and like he's still there. Because yeah. he's inhabiting that memory in such a way that it comes back to life for him, so to speak. There is a place, I believe, between where you still are and so is God. And for me, it was very much a personal experience and a specific experience, like you mentioned. So all of us who have had, we would say, near-death experiences, we're all specialists, but we're not experts. <laughs> right. We know our experience not other people's. And that, for me, says that because it's so personal, because God walks through those things with us, it doesn't have to look exactly like what someone else experienced or our story of transformation or being shocked into a new perspective, a new worldview, because of something Mm -hmm. that happened to us that was outside of our experience or expectations, is such that we look down on ourselves sometimes because it doesn't rise to the level of this description in Scripture or this other person's experience, which is so much more interesting than mine. Mm. And we discredit our own experiences and don't give it the same kind of, of respect that we should because, you know, God is with us in that. And many of us have had very, very personal experiences with Jesus in those places. Right. And because of that, we are assured of something that is greater than this experience. We've literally heard him say it to us. And that, for me, is my anchor, of course, from that memory of that time. But at the same time, I resonated with this article because there was something about her anchor back here on this planet, which proved to be virtuous. It wasn't a selfish thing. There was something about the mother's instinct and her commitment to her child, which drew her to a decision, a prayer she prayed, asking God in a certain way for a certain thing. And I know that feeling, too. I think as a believer, your experience is common to believers who have gone through these kind of things. It's definitely informed by Scripture, for sure. Yeah, and they have experienced a presence, uh, the presence of God or Jesus, as you did. This gal talks about going through this uh, darkness. She Mm -hmm. said everything was dark. She began to think about everything that was still here in the land of the living. And there's been a transition in these kind of near-death experiences for people that is different somewhat than what we've talked about before, what we've heard about before. And what they're saying is that this could be COVID-induced. It could Mm. be a, a byproduct of covid It spawned a new category. The COVID brain, yeah. I guess it's these who return to see miracles in everyday life. 
the beauty around them and hear the beauty around them of birds singing and the wind blowing, seeing flowers bloom, seeing people smile, hearing children laugh. These were the things that were drawing them back to the land of the living. And they were spiritually transformed, not by a glimpse of the afterlife, but by what they saw in this life and what they were reminded of in this life. Well, since I experienced something kind of similar in my in-between place for the days that I was in coma, it is correct that coming out of a near-death experience where you're back amongst the regular normal things in life, certain things jump out at you because you see them differently. And I don't mean just because you made a decision to appreciate things in life in general. What I mean is I was hearing and sensing what the prayers were of the people around me who were praying for me and of my children where they were, sometimes at the hospital, sometimes back at home. I sensed what they were going through and the things they were speaking. But the thing that I sensed because of my theology, really, is that I was hearing the way God hears it, the mm. way Jesus senses the prayers of those who lift up to him. And I even had a visual experience where I sensed that as prayers went up, like a snow, a lifting of particles of light, whatever, would ascend to heaven around me. And I would hear God's amen and yes come back in prayers, and I would sense that those light particles or that snow come back down as if it was a rain from heaven. And it was something I sensed in so many levels. I believe that experience for God is real. He was sharing with me in a way I couldn't have in any other circumstance. So for me, even though I wasn't going to heaven and talking about the streets and all the people who loved me and the music, that kind of stuff, I sensed that I was really experiencing a little bit of heaven in that. And so when I got back to normal, and I see the smile of people, I sense that God senses that smile, doesn't just see it from a distance, but experiences our joys, experiences right. our hurts and our fears. He takes them in. He feels it. And that was my personal experience. Mm, that's beautiful. The main thing that she talks about in this article that she realized that was missing somewhat from her life was a heart of gratitude. Mm. She said, I know this sounds cliche, but... I am really, truly grateful hmm. for what is here on earth. What is the real and the tangible things of yeah. this life? And she said, this is not movie worthy. This is not one of those, <laughs> you know, near-death experiences that Hollywood is going to latch onto. But I think it's more real for the common man or for most people, the general population, than for those who have the other kind of experience where they see people that they've known have yeah. gone before them and they have conversations and those sort of things. So not to diminish any of those experiences, because they're fantastical, I think. But this is something that all of us can wrap our minds around and say, wow, why should we have to go through something so devastating as this woman did when she had COVID to experience gratitude, to realize that gratitude is got to be in the forefront of our lives? I'll take a crack at that. I would say the question of why is not real helpful because, you know, that's about meaning. But mm. experience, the how, is important because I do think that having perceived something that is beyond what we're used to, and we sense it absolutely to be true and real, like you're in a place where there is no lies. What's happening to you is complete and it's total. You're completely involved in this. There is no escaping it. So there's no escaping truth. So during that in-between time for me, I sensed that what I was perceiving was literally real. Mm -hmm. And it was complete and it was without shadow in the sense of ideas or lies. It wasn't a bright place. I wasn't going through a bright, shining light. Not yet, anyway. 
but it was true. And when you sense those things are true and you feel the prayers of others or the smiles of others, the, the love that you know back here and the things that you want to do or you start to think about the things you have not done, you have ambitions to do, something creeps into you about purpose. But it's purpose that's based on truth, not falsehood. So when you come back, your perceptions, your purpose in life it becomes clearer because you know it's true. And I think shaking loose the lies and the misconceptions and the falsehoods that we've absorbed all of our lives is part of us changing our worldview. Mm -hmm. For these people, it happens very quickly because they have stepped outside the lies and the confusion so much that they know down to their very soul, the bottoms of their feet, the top of their head, that what is true is what must guide you the rest of your life. And that draws you to a new sense of resolve and commitment and purpose and will. Mm. Well, she began to see the good in things. She began to see the joy in life around her. And I love the scripture in James one seventeen that says, Every good gift bestowed and every perfect gift received comes to us from above. From the Father of lights. Courtesy of the Father of lights. Yeah. And he's yeah. consistent with those gifts. He's consistent in his goodness. He's consistent in his generosity. And he won't change his mind or he doesn't play tricks on you about good things. Friends, as I mentioned at the top of the program, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine, like a laser. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw a refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon, even as this rescue operation rapidly sweeps the refugees farther west, away from the fighting. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com. And you can text Serve Ukraine. that's one word, to 53445 to make a gift right now through your phone. And make sure to let your friends know about that option, too. Thank you, friends, for letting God expand your faith through real activist giving today. And now, back to our discussion. I love the scripture in James 1.17 that says, Every good gift bestowed and every perfect gift received comes to us from above. From the Father of lights. Courtesy of the Father of lights. Yeah. And he's yeah. consistent with those gifts. He's consistent in his goodness. He's consistent in his generosity. And he won't change his mind or he doesn't play tricks on you about good things. I think she began to see that these things are good things. Like we said at the beginning, this was not a spiritual experience in the way those of us who are believers, and I don't know whether she is or not, she doesn't say that in the article. He doesn't have a lot of Bible speak of the story, in other words. Sure. It's an overarching concept of who God is. Yeah. The real, true 
good God. Or how he is in those circumstances. Yes, yes. All right. So we need to turn the page then and get a scripture focus. I know that you've been looking at some scriptures that jumped out to you when you were reading this article. So why don't you uh, hone us in on that little passage of John that we talked about today? Yeah. Well, I was immediately drawn to the book of John. I mean, obviously, that's been very much on our minds in the last months since we've been going through the book of John together. As we do every Monday. Yes. I was drawn to John chapter 10. And that's where Jesus talks about the thief. Mm-hmm. In this case, I was thinking COVID is the thief. Yeah, not a bad analogy. Yeah, he's come to steal and to kill and to wreak havoc and to upset our lives. Yeah. He wants to take things from us and destroy us. And Jesus says, okay, all of that's true, but I have come to give you everything in abundance. I came mm. to bring life to you more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Hmm. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd that gives good gifts, that takes care of my sheep. And it goes back to that verse in James, where James says that every good gift is bestowed on us from the Father of lights, from the Heavenly Father, the Hmm. one who loves us the most. So Jesus has a lot of analogies about being a shepherd and being a good shepherd versus a hired hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And the good shepherd is the shepherd that is responsible for the sheep, is the one who has bought the sheep and owns them and and cares for them because they belong to him. He's invested for life. Yeah. And so he's not going to give them something that's going to harm them because he's invested in them. He wants to take care of them. I see that as being a gateway for us to gratitude, Mm. that we really understand that the shepherd is come to bring life, to bring abundance, to bring joy. He talks in other places about, I want your joy to be full and complete, Mm -hmm. lacking in nothing. There's so many scriptures that talk about this heart of gratitude and not being caught up in the worry of the world and the anxiety of the world. It's hard not to be when things are really difficult. And now things are kind of difficult. We have to admit that on the world stage, there's so many things crowding us right now. This again is about the character of Jesus. He is a shepherd and he's talking about his role, his position, his relationship within the Trinity towards us. He is that one that's with us, the Emmanuel. And of course, a shepherd can't be a good shepherd without being Emmanuel. He's with the sheep. Mm, right. And he's not forsaking us. So the hows come next. Do we trust that his goodness is consistent through everything and in everything? Well, biblically speaking, it is absolutely true, but it's hard for us to perceive it when everything else in the world, the world of lies wants to convince us that the things that are happening around us are the ultimate reality. That COVID is the thing that's going to get you, it's going to take your family, or we have to deny it and say, oh, it can't possibly be real, because if it's real, then I have no hope. We have both extremes happening in humanity right now. And now, of course, we have an entire nation of Ukraine that's on the run, because everywhere they look around them is an existential threat. They could die Mm -hmm. at any moment. And they're living with that horrible reality while the rest of the world looks on with empathy or compassion or pity, but we're not having bombs thrown at us daily. They are. And yet the church is in the middle of all that is affirming the truth we just read that he is consistently good in all Mm -hmm. things, which amazes me. But it is, again, they've seen it, the ultimate truth that goes beyond the circumstances of this world. Well, I think sometimes we get caught up in the circumstance itself. Mm -hmm. 
we see the here and now, which is it's so normal to do that. And yeah. it's, I know that God understands that. That verse in First Thessalonians, it says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In all circumstances, yeah. But it says, be thankful in all circumstances, not for, for yes. all circumstances. And I think that is where we get tripped up a little bit. Yeah. And trying to say, how can I be thankful that my good friend has COVID or that we've lost a dear friend to COVID? You and I have, and many people have lost friends to COVID and family members to COVID. How can we be thankful for that? That's not what he's saying. And now we're going to lose friends to war. I mean, there are people we know that are not coming back from this conflict. We do have friends there. Yes. Yes. It's hard. It is hard. And it's hard for me to sit here in my comfortable place and say, you need to be thankful in the circumstances you're in. Well, thankfully, honey, it's not us asking people to do that. It's God's spirit. No, it is. And it when is. God says to do something, the very specific and overarching rule I've experienced in my life is with God says it, he makes it possible. He doesn't mm-hmm. set us up to fail, period. So if he mm-hmm. says to be thankful in everything, he's saying that thankfulness itself is separate from the circumstances. It's something that he builds right. into us based on his reality, his truth, his presence. So we can be thankful because he gives thankfulness ability. Right. So if we are lacking in that right now, James also says, if you're lacking anything or wisdom, for example, just ask the Father. He'll give it to you graciously without reproach. He's willing to pour out and wants to pour out the fruit of his spirit and the nature of his kindness, the nature of his presence, the nature of his peace into us minute by minute if we're just willing to say yes. So it is God calling us to this lifestyle, not us on Compassion Radio saying, you need to be thankful. We get how difficult it can be to experience that in our own strength. In fact, impossible if the circumstances are bad enough. And yet, God. Mm. And that's pretty much how we have to kind of wrap up this particular lesson. But I am so thankful that we have survivor stories coming out of COVID that brings to life the life within that will become life overflowing to others. And a mother Mm -hmm. persevering through COVID so that her child can be born and flourish, and because of the will in her heart to survive, and the knowledge that if she does, and she will follow the seemingly impossible instructions of her doctors, if she'll follow that, that God would honor that. She would survive, Mm -hmm. and her child would thrive. And it all happened in her case. Mm -hmm. There are so many other people that didn't survive, and we know that. And I don't know how to describe God's goodness in that. I have no good answers for this. But we are here, and we're in this together. And I invite you, friends, if you're going through things that seem to be impossible, and you need just to invent it or lay it on the altar and say, could you pray with me about this? Just write us. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. And we would love to pray with you at the things that the world is pressing on you, and you know God's calling you to something higher. Mm. Just let us know. You can write me personally at Floria at CompassionRadio.com. We'll get that email and pray over it right away. Yeah. I want to close with this one verse from Isaiah. Isaiah 41.10 says, So don't be afraid. I'm here with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen Mm. you. I will help you. I am here with my right hand to make right and to hold you up. To make right and to hold you up. (sighs) There's strength and there's comfort in that same hand. Thank you, friends, for joining us for this edition of Compassion Radio's 360. Have a blessed weekend together in the Lord, and we'll see you again Monday for our next edition of Chasing the Word in the Book of John. Thanks again. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is 
no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. We're busy right now helping with immediate needs in Ukraine. Help us help them today with your gift. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.